We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Everyone! Everyone! And welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing a movie that is known by two names Hmm. and several languages the 1994 film the professional more commonly known as leon the professional or leon yeah Yeah, i i rewound it because i thought i missed the leon and then um no it's just the professional yeah it's cleaner works on so many levels it really does oh i love it oh yeah and we i mean we're reviewing this movie i mean it's january uh you know we we felt like it was finally time for us to go legit yeah yeah because last week we had our season seven premiere and we're like you know yeah what let's let's take a few notes luke besson has laid it out jean reno has made it very accessible to just be a professional. Uh-huh. So we, we took some career advice uh, from Leon the Professional. It's an all-milk diet for me. My, my dairy intake is up 700 That is absolutely units. correct. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Yes. Oh. So for those of you who don't know, um, Leon the Professional uh, follows Leon, a professional hitman, who reluctantly takes in a 12-year-old Matilda, played by Natalie Portman. Uh, at the time, she was like 12 years old. Uh, after her family is murdered by a corrupt drug enforcement agency. Um Leon and Matilda form an unusual relationship mm-hmm, as she becomes mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. protege and learns the hitman's trade. It stars so many people. Uh, we have Jean Reno. We have mm-hmm. Gary Oldman. Uh, this is the film debut of Natalie Portman. And it was this. Oof, wow. So if you've ever saw uh, that season of Community where at one point in time everyone said, get me everyone. Wait, what do you mean, everyone? Everyone! It comes from this movie. Yeah, which was actually just uh, supposed to be an outtake. Yeah. And Gary Oldman, he just sold it. So he's <laughs> trying to make he was trying to make Luke Besson laugh, and yeah. he just he sold it as legitimate. Yep. Yeah. That's what he does. He makes it legit. Now, uh, this movie, I in research, I was happy to find is technically a spin-off if you oh. would so uh uh jean reno in a another film that luke besson uh directed um uh, was called what was it called uh nikita yes nikita uh the film nikita is the thing i was trying to remember it was i think the original french title uh but uh jean reno played a character called like the cleaner um, and he basically wore the exact same kind of wardrobe. He had a really big trench coat and he came in and he, you know, it, it's like a, the wolf from uh, mm-hmm. from Pulp Fiction. From yeah. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And so uh, he was so popular that Bess decided to uh, make a whole movie about him. Uh, and 
here's the interesting thing. Uh, Besson only decided to make Leon in his downtime while waiting for Bruce Willis to become available for the fifth element. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So he was keeping Gary Oldman close, <laughs> waiting for Bruce Willis. Yep. Yeah. Well, and you know, like Bruce Willis, uh, Jean Reno sees a lot of dead people in this movie. <laughs> that is. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Bruce Willis doesn't see the dead person. Oh, dang it. Oh, yeah. Besson, he wrote the entire screenplay for Leon in 30 days and spent 90 days filming it before making the fifth element three years later. Wow, that's incredible because there's a lot of practical effects in this movie, uh, yes. especially explosions uh and destroying sets and stuff so they have that all done and dusted in 90 days is pretty impressive yeah well interestingly um according to the internet all of the interior uh like hotel shots were shot in paris oh and uh and then um you know they otherwise shot most of this in upstate new york um and yeah um sorry it says uh while most of the interior footage was shot in france uh the rest of the film was shot on location in new york city and then the uh the school was filmed in uh hoboken oh interesting yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and this movie i mean this movie did a lot i feel like um like it did. I mean, first of all, I mean, this is Natalie Portman's theatrical debut. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it was also most likely uh, a lot of people's first introduction uh, to Jean Reno, because uh, this is the earliest I recognize. Or Jean Reno when he's off the strip. <laughs> did I say Reno? Jean <laughs> Reno. How the heck are you? It's ya? Mr. Reno to you. John Reno. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I I remember him from Da Vinci Code, Mission oh, Impossible. Yeah. Taken. Uh, had, <laughs> I think he had an appearance in Taken. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. Um, I also remember him uh, <laughs> from the Pink Panther, hmm. the, uh, the uh, Steve Martin Pink Panther. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's fantastic. Uh, I've always enjoyed his work, and uh, like you said, this was um, a career-launching film for Natalie Portman, and she won you know, several awards for it. Um, but to think that like this movie, you know, if this movie doesn't happen, Natalie Portman's career is totally different, right? So yeah, um, it's an important movie. I mean, you look at how many awards and hit films have been launched because of Natalie Portman as well. Uh, but then also, yeah. like you said, bring in uh, Luke Besson's work more mainstream as well. Uh, right. You know, Fifth Element and uh, you know, the rest. But like Luke Besson just continues <laughs> to make these larger-than-life films. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a big movie and uh, rated number 32 on IMDb of all movies ever. Uh, wow. So that's... It's high praise. It's high praise for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Natalie Portman beat out over 2,000 other kids who auditioned for the role. And originally she was turned down, but then she did uh, another audition um, where she basically did the scene 
whenever she was mourning the death of her brother, and then she got cast mm. on the spot uh, for yeah. that. Same. The old E.T. school of <laughs> casting. Just tell them in the room, make them cry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Gary Oldman, too, you, know, you, you look at his filmography since this movie has obviously been massive, um, but he had also been in a ton of stuff before this. I mean, most of it were, were TV movies, but uh, in terms of like huge critical uh, successes, uh, he had been in JFK as Lee Harvey Oswald, which was really a huge launch- launching point for him three years before this. Um, and then you had Bram Stoker's Dracula, where he played Dracula. This, uh, you know, in terms of being able to create his own person in a in a film, uh, was a pretty unique, huge experience for him, right? Because everything had been either TV movie or like a um, like a series documentary. He played Oswald again. Like he had a couple of jobs just playing Lee Harvey Oswald. But to create an original character, well, he had been in True Romance, so that that did happen before this, but like one year before it, um, where he played Drexel, and so I, I just love all of the little uh, you know, nuances that he throws into this, including the stuff with the music, which he improvised that whole monologue about <laughs> Beethoven. Beethoven. <laughs> but you're like, man, does he just know that much about Beethoven? Yeah, maybe. But a quick look at IMDb shows that in the same year. He also played Beethoven in The Immortal Beloved. So he was doing Beethoven research and using what he knew in the other film he was doing that year. Of so course. This guy's always working. He's yeah. always working. When is he not working? Oh, yeah. And also, uh, I love seeing uh, Danny Ayat. Ayo. 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 Danny, uh, I, I know he's him got as... way too. He's. Uh, I tell you what, he must be bankrupt because he has bought all the vowels. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know him as Sal from Do the Right Thing, and mm, it yeah. was so. Oh man, I, I don't want to jump ahead on headcanon, but like, wow, like he does such a good job of being so. So emotional, but also so very distant. I I just love... Let, let me just go back. I'd never seen this movie. And 10 minutes in, this movie was the most exciting movie I had seen all year. Oh, it's great. Well, even the, the first confrontation between uh, Danny Aiello's character and Jean Reno, you're, you're like, what, what is... I thought I knew what this is, but their language is so casual. Being like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm free next Tuesday. That you're like, oh, this is something different. Uh, what I didn't realize till just now when we were looking up Danny Aiello uh, was that he, we got to be mispronouncing that, right? Is that he uh, passed away December 2019. So very recent. Oh, wow. Um, basically, when they stopped making movies for a while, like yeah. he passed away. So he uh, has such a, he was nominated for an Oscar as well. Um for do the right thing Mm -hmm. and so yeah he's just this is you know one of those final pieces really to you know look back on not his final i mean this was 94 he did a bunch of stuff after that but like in terms of like his his you know signature films this is definitely one of them and yes that first 10 minutes he plays a big part of that yeah i mean yeah this whole movie was just it was just so 
so dang exciting. <laughs> like this, because you, it, oof. The movie wasted zero time, uh, but it also took its time when it needed to. I just, mm-hmm. 10 minutes in, I'm like, I don't, they, they could have just told me that this was the movie that everyone was talking about. And I'd be like, great. This was incredible because within the first 10 minutes, you have uh, Leon <laughs> doing the coolest, just, just so intricate and so incredibly violent uh, takedown of all these people. And only for it to end in this phone call, which has one of my favorite exchanges, is like, put me back on the phone with our mutual friend. And he talks to him. He's like, all right, make sure he understands and let him go. <laughs> he looks at the phone, <laughs> hangs up, and it says, do you understand? He nods his head. We'll say it. Say, I understand. I understand. Said, okay. <laughs> you let him go. Yeah, because I think you know, we're so attuned to these violent films that we was like, oh, make him understand. It's like cut a finger off or something. But for Leon, it's asking him if he understands. Yeah. And that's all it takes. Just use words. Oh, goodness. Yeah. they. they, oof, they I think the, the, the most engaging part about this movie is that it. I'm I'm sure that we've talked about this several times on the podcast about like wouldn't it be interesting to watch like the life of a henchman or like like uh you know you see these big supervillains and they have all these henchmen but like how, what do they do in the in their in between time like uh like what what do they do on their off days and we kind of get to see that mm-hmm. um and and this movie gave me a lot of John Wick vibes a lot of the transporter vibes um just of like these you know very skilled people uh, uh very skilled assassins with you know hearts of gold uh and i just man i just really really enjoyed this movie it just they they captivated me is very late i was very tired but i did not want the movie to stop like i was like an hour in and i yelled i was just like i don't want this movie to end <laughs> Because they just kept on telling such great story. And the acting was just so good. It was just like, I really believed every single one of these characters. Yeah, you know, in action films, a lot of time the action is the draw and the the acting can be pretty secondary. Right. This is is a drama with explosions. Uh, Yes. Really, really character built, uh, performed excellently. you know the fact that this was Natalie Portman's first movie is absolutely astounding. Because um, I, I was reading one of the the criticisms of the movie is that there's like a creepy dynamic between uh, Leon and Matilda if you observe it in a creepy way, right? Like it's meant from his perspective to be completely innocent, which is also why he played the character a little slower, a little more. Um, you know, he played it with that innocence and that that naive kind of look on life so that you can not ever feel like this is a predatory relationship, right? And the words that, that were described for their dynamic was for Natalie Portman's character of Matilda to be able to emotionally drive the scene. And that's exactly what she does because yeah. Matilda is very manipulative. She She sees all the pieces. She knows how to rearrange them to get her outcome. 
And so if it was the other way around, this becomes a much different movie. In fact, she tries to push it that way. And it's John Renault that has to be like, no, like, like that's not what this is. It's a father daughter relationship, not anything beyond that. Um, so I think that's the, that's part of the tension and they walk that tightrope really, really well, but a, a, you know, a lesser skilled, uh, you know, duo would probably fall into uh, a less nuanced dynamic than what they were able to discover. And it's a pretty unique uh, relationship as well without having to draw such clear, like, this is who we are to each other. It's like, yeah, (laughs) it's not that the whole movie is built on mixed alliances and, uh, you know, who are you, uh, you know, who do you consider your family versus your adopted family? Um, even at a villain level of who yeah. are they truly aligned with. Uh, so just really fascinating character study. Absolutely. I, I was also reminded very much of um, The Last of Us and that kind of dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it got a lot of Last of Us, a lot of Logan in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was very great. Like in that, in the third act, when that, like... <laughs> It was just so sweet because it, you, it's uh, you know, like Shrek, uh, onions. It's just like you think there are layers. Uh, you think you understand the world that we are seeing, but and you think you understand Leon. Like you, you see on, you see him. You know, he cares about his plant. He's like watering his plant, and he has his routine. Uh, and then you just see all these things like, oh, he never sleeps in the bed. Uh, he only uses his bed to work out. And then he gets to that final scene where like he finally wakes up from the bed and he just like hasn't slept in a bed in several years. And it's just like, it's just so sweet. The And then he like, you know, he's telling Matilda, it's like, I want to sleep in a bed. It's just like that's one of his big like things that he's going yeah, for. It's got like, a taste for life. Oh, just so so good, yeah. man. And then I think this movie has one of the best workout payoffs I've ever seen in any movie. I'm not even gonna qualify it. I'm just gonna say it. He does these ab sit ups. Every single morning, it shows up throughout the entire movie, everywhere he goes. He wakes up in the morning and he does his ab crunches. And normally, people would just chalk this off to like, okay, so what? He stays fit. And then we have the scene where he launches down, (laughs) upside down. And is shooting at the people, <laughs> oh, yeah, shooting at basically like the SWAT team and taking people out. And I'm like, and that's why you never skip ab day. That's why yeah. you never skip a, <laughs> a workout because you never know when you have to suspend yourself from a, above a door frame. You got to be prepared. Well, it's Ugh. so fun because those first 10 minutes, he's basically like a monster in a monster movie. And yeah. then the rest of the movie, you're seeing what it would be like, like if Jason worked out. <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah. His, his off time when he's not at camp, he just uh-huh. likes to get his crunches in. Yeah, drink two percent milk or whole mm-hmm. milk or whole. Yeah, yeah. gotta get that fat content. Yeah, absolutely. Gets you everything you need, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, now I know that you, uh, I know that we haven't seen this movie until now, but based off of what you knew about the movie, did it deliver on your expectations? Uh, yeah. So all I knew about this movie was, uh, that it had a VHS release because <laughs> I would see it at the blockbuster. Um, I think I thought the character was blind because he has those Matt Murdock glasses. glasses. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe I thought it was about a blind hitman. It's really kind of hard to tell now. But um, I knew it was about the... I knew at its core more than the hitman stuff, it was about the relationship between Matilda and Leon. I knew yeah. that. Because I, I follow a lot of art accounts where it, they, they would like draw those characters together and... I knew a plant was important to him. Yes. Uh, yes. At one point. Uh, but that was about it. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I I knew absolutely nothing about this movie, um, but I wanted more of it um, after watching it. Uh, it had a budget of $16 million and it went on to make over $46 million in the box office. Wow. And, and like most successful movies, um, the, a sequel was written. Uh, Beston actually wrote a sequel uh, called Matilda, uh, but filming was delayed until Portman was older. The script was Matilda was going to be older, mature, and working as a cleaner, basically. I, I'm pro- probably as like um, baby driver esque, most likely, mm-hmm. if I had kind of atomic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so, however, in the meantime, Besson left uh, Galmont Film Company to start his own movie studio, uh, Europa Corp. But in, and unhappy at Besson's departure, Galmont Film Company has held the professional rights close to Vest and will not budge. So it just never really happened. Uh, however, in 2011, um, Oliver Megaton told reporters that he and Besson used the script for Matilda as the basis for... Uh, oh. Columbana? That makes more Columbiana. sense. Columbiana. Columbiana. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know why I see letters this way. Uh, Columbiana, a film about a young cleaner played by Zoe Zaldana. Mm. Like Matilda, her character goes to war with the drug cartel as revenge for the murder of her family when she was a child. So, if you are looking for additional, um, you know, Leon the Professional world building... We can we have this movie um, that is a series of letters put together that might sound like Columbiana or other ways. Yeah. And, you know, Luke Besson did. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's all in that. Yeah. It's all in that world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that I feel like this world did a good job at humanizing. Uh, oh, yeah. These yeah characters yeah, yeah. Yeah. without. um. I don't know. I'm putting like the Guy Ritchie filter on it. You know what I mean? They they definitely use all the tricks of the trade for cinematography with the extreme close-ups and then these these beautiful wide action shots and they I mean they play the extremes. Yes. Um but it still felt like I said, yeah. like a drama, like we're we're watching a, just a dramatic film that is very very big. Um so yeah, just yes. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm I'm ticked that I haven't seen it earlier. Um, can't do anything about that yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a a pleasure to watch. Absolutely. Man, I wish I saw this movie, like, I wish I had, like, an annual tradition of watching this movie. Uh, just because it's so, 
it is so heartfelt but i also think that like i'm at a point in time where i can really appreciate all the layers of this movie yeah i think we should officially make this like an arbor day film because of the way that he uh takes care of the plant <laughs> yes leon the professional is the best arbor day film out there. i have to agree absolutely other than maybe fern gully i don't know uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a while since i saw fern gully i think it has problems i don't know i there's a buzzfeed article i think <laughs> just watch leon the professional yeah. instead <laughs> much better uh now everyone knows that you know a, a professional like it, it's also mm. a term for um actually i thought that was going to be code for um uh, a hitman but uh, really, it was like a stage. So, because cleaner uh, is like their code cleaner, for it. Yeah, I thought he was just really into professionals. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. He supports them. He yeah, like, like the little, uh, yeah. like the, the little entryway furniture. The 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 professionals. Mm. No, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm the thinking of like a, when you get a bunch of couches together and they're all really long. A professional. Oh, a professional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, because you have professionals, but you also have confessionals, right? And those are people who, so, well, it's either faux, they're either faux professionals where they aren't real professionals, but a confessional mm. would be uh, probably uh, like a fake one. It's like, and, yeah, or, yeah, not a fake. You one. thought it, you thought you. Well, that could easily turn someone that's professional into anti-fessional if they came across a foe or confessional. Yep. Well. Anyway, that was all leading up to me saying headcanon! Headcanon. Hey, when when you asked me to bring this out for you, I I thought that, hey, that's for beginners. But Leon, he's Mm. a professional. Because only beginners use headcanon. Oh, yeah. There it goes. Yeah, there it goes. I'll yeah, pick that. we'll use that. Yeah, yeah. I'll pick that. Yeah, yeah. There's no need to uh, fix what's not broken. Headcanon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Grayson, let me tell you, yep. I have, like, Gary Oldman, he's a treat. What a delight to watch. Oh. And especially after knowing how much he improvised, I was just like, man. I just need to sit down and watch everything that he has ever been in because he mm-hmm. he just took to the races. Um, and um, so my biggest headcanon is around him. Now, oh, okay. in the movie, um, his uh, title is Stanfield. I think that's um, like Lieutenant or Doc. That's, that's his, his last, last name, Stanfield. Yeah. Uh, they call him Stan for short. And so yeah. I started thinking, huh. That that's vague enough that I'm I'm glad that this will uh, happen because my head can is that his first name is Schroeder. <laughs> this isn't the Charlie Brown. That's right, Schroeder <laughs> from Peanuts, who loves Beethoven, grows up to be a corrupt cop in the mean streets oh, of wow. New York. Yeah, I guess Leon could be Pigpen. Let's oh. get the coat. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Forms yeah. attachments with inanimate objects. Yeah. Linus Leon. Huh? Uh, I mean, Luke Besson did direct Lucy. Yep. Yep. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, and uh and everyone, this is my uh nomination for whatever podcast award I think exists uh, out there. I'm just wow. leaving that right here. Uh thank you. That's my head cannon and that's my great. Yeah. My head cannon is that Leon is a cat. He he is a cat that was turned into a human. <laughs> He's trying to make his way in the world. It's a confusing world when you were a cat most of your life. <laughs> Uh, that's why he likes the milk. That's why he sees well in the dark. It's why it's hard to kill him. He's got nine lives. He's very sneaky. Can't hear him walking up on you. He's fascinated by moving pictures. Um, Tony, they talk about how Tony took him in yeah. <laughs> like a stray. Uh, and in the final confrontation, the line is said, send in the cats. And you're going to fight cats with cats. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think Leon is a human cat. Uh, and I think he's training uh, Matilda to be a cat as well, because it's all he knows, which is why she's going to grow up to be an excellent uh, thief. Uh, maybe she doesn't you know, full on kill. And it's kind of a morality thing. Who knows? It could go either way. But uh, that's why uh, she is black cat. Oh, nice. I could have gone Catwoman. I could have gone Cat, but I, you know, there's been a long, I mean, with Gary Oldman too, I kind of know, but Black Cat was my my first yeah. uh, blink on that. Yeah. yeah. No, I think Black Cat is good because, I mean, that's the whole thing is, I mean, it's the same as Catwoman, basically. But I, I do mm. like her um, origin story and how she kind of toes those lines. Uh, yeah. No, I like that's it. That's why she has the collar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, man. That's uh that's good. I like it. Yeah, and I also think um part of me wanted uh just for simplicity's sake and I say simplicity as far as simplicity can go with um you know, headcanon. Uh I also thought that this would be the uh a prequel to Black Swan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, or and, and this movie kind of has like a lot of themes, and so just with so I, I thought um, Black Swan maybe origin a little bit like and that was just me whenever she brought up like oh I'm studying for Juilliard I'm like that's right oh yeah there are educational places in New York <laughs> which is what my brain immediately <laughs> said uh, and then your sister go to school in New sure York sure did. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, I thought, oh, maybe Black Swan, maybe there can be a tie-in. But I literally just had that thought and then didn't seek out any other information. And then yeah, no. I did think about how this could tie into the John Wick world uh, just because we started uh. knowing about the whole underground of like, oh, well, that's, uh, you know, that's for beginners. And he started telling uh, Matilda about the whole methodology, which I loved of just like the knife is the last thing that you'll ever learn. I'm like, yes. Uh, but then after I kept on watching the movie, like as much as I wanted to say that like John Wick was like a spinoff, like I would love to think that there's this larger, just assassin cleaner world that exists that I think is more fitting. Um, I, so I, I that's just that piece out of canon that it just exists in the same world in that timeline yeah hey ricky oh yeah uh, do you know why um do you know why leon was called a cleaner uh wh- why 
because he was Matilda's custodian. Oh my! Does that even work? Legal custodians? You don't just call it a custodian. They're in your custody. Well, I know one <laughs> bit that won't make the final cut. Ah, uh, listener, if you heard that, there's been a terrible editing mistake, uh, and you shouldn't have heard that. That was a glitch. Yeah. It should not have happened. Oh, John Wick. Yes, John Wick. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, yeah. Because I, I, I do think that even just even, I, I would love to know just um, honestly, actually, I take that back. I'm just going to save that for recast and remake where it belongs. But my last piece of headcanon. So, yeah, I think just the John, just the world of assassins. I feel like there there are enough movies that kind of focus on these um assassins lifestyle movies that kind of just exist in a somewhat interconnected universe mm-hmm. i would love to see yeah um in the next john wick film uh for jean renault to show up for any role um i think that that would be really cool yeah get him in there all right now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk about recasts and remakes. Recast. Remakes. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Man, that would be tough. Honestly, uh, the first two people who come to mind, Oscar Isaacs. Mm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I said two. Don't know why I said two when I didn't have well, two. Now you're on the hook for a second name. <laughs> mm. uh, honestly, I mean, just with that. Billy kind- Eichner. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> uh, I honestly think that um, the only other person who I who I've seen kind of take that same kind of um, you know care and affection uh, for like someone who is within their care uh, is uh, oh gosh I ruined my whole own joke. Legal custodian. Legal and we're back. Uh, that is Joel from uh, The Last of Us. So if oh. I, I honestly think that if they were to remake this movie, um, that they they basically uh turn this into a video game. Uh, I think that this would be a an interesting like. Uh, and maybe it's not even a full-on video game, but uh, or I should say a full traditional video game. Um, but I do think that there is something to be said about uh the the way that uh Leon chooses to show up for Matilda in such yeah. a such an amazing way. Yeah, no, uh, I think this needs to be, if it were a video game, it'd be like Sim Hit, right? Oh, Where you just like, yeah. but you have a very limited inventory of furniture you can pick from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a lot of people you can actually interact with. Right. But you can choose your jobs. Yeah. Don't have yeah. access to your money. You got to ask your friend for money because it's better than the bank because banks get knocked over all the time. No, no, no. Yeah. You gotta give your money to your friend Tony who can get punched in the face at his own birthday party. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, honestly, you know who else who I think would be able to actually? Yeah, I think he would be a good Leon. He has all of the range. Uh, Christoph Waltz. Oh, he would be the king of Leon. I think. Oh, start a band. <laughs> uh, I think him or Michael Fassbender. I think both of them would do. I I feel like they can do the the stoic kind of uh stoic and powerful hmm. uh presence while also having very gentle and um just heartbreaking moments so that's interesting because i would take everyone that you just mentioned and consider them for stan for stanfield oh yeah um, oh yeah oh you're right yep for yep. me leon like i had lakeith stanfield as yep. leon which is weird because stanfield yep. stanfield um but yeah, I think he has that that quiet power that can be really sensitive, but then also, you know, just be a, a monster whenever he needs to be in that final confrontation or in the first yeah. ten minutes, um, right. being like, "This guy is a stone cold killer. Um, he's so professional." Uh, <laughs> for Gary Oldman, though, I had I had Paul Bettany. Now that I say Billy Eichner, I can't get it out of my head because who's going to deliver the everyone line? Yep. like that uh and then for matilda i struggled on matilda because i was basically just drawing from other similar stories like daphne Keene. it's just because mm. i got logan vibes from this millie bobby right. brown might be too old at this point so i'm not really sure um andy circus in a mocap suit i think that's yeah <laughs> there's matilda or the plant it's his oh. maybe both maybe both that's the beauty of mocap here's the thing i just want them to re-release uh uh leon the professional but i want them to uh do a 3d remapping of the entire movie but just from the plants perspective oh man what a pixar <laughs> film that would be the secret life of plants and hitmen <laughs> yeah even the uh, milk I... let's just make this an animated <laughs> connected universe yep you got the bunny yeah. matilda's bunny leon's milk the plant there's a lot going on I think uh, uh, Jenna Ortega might be um, a good candidate for Matilda. She was in uh, the latest Scream. I know her from uh, season two of You. Uh, oh. And uh, and I, she got cast as Wednesday Adams in the Wednesday Adams TV series oh, yes. called Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. No, that's great. The other um, actress that came to mind uh was in captain marvel uh and that was akira akbar who plays the 11 year old um oh yeah monica yeah 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 yeah. um so oh man there's no shortage of options yeah it's just got to be great actors working together that's all we ask really i mean this in this movie it's just so good. Something that I thought about immediately after the credits were rolling and I was just upset that I couldn't relive this movie for the first time over and over again is that I would love to read the comic book version of Leon the Professional, um, basically his whole career leading up to um, the movie. Because like I'm watching this whole movie. I'm like, why don't we hear from Leon more? And then I saw the end of the movie. I'm like, oh, well. Well, that's why. That's that's why they didn't make too many sequels about this guy who, you know, is in his own movie until he's not. 
Uh, yeah. And so I would love to read the comic of this. I feel like the art style, uh, very similar to how um, the Hawkeye um, comic style was done, or the, what they kind of used in the promotional material for the Hawkeye uh, Disney Plus series, there was a Hawkeye comic that has a really nice uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe the style, but it, it feels like it would match perfectly for Leon the Professional. Mm. Yeah, uh, not Art Deco. Maybe it's Art... Oh, no, you're the, you're the artist, Grace. I, I, Art I, Deco's I, like Great Gatsby type, like 1920s kind of flourish. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, uh, well, okay. Let, me, let me just Google it. Let me just Google it in here. Hawk, it was the Hawkeye comic? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's almost got like a... It's like original comic kind of inking. It's very blotchy and not... Yeah, like you said, the colors are very minimal. Same palette, which they would have done with the original printing. That's That's very interesting. Yeah, so that I would love yeah, that. I would love to see gritty. Leon the professional like that. Yeah, and I also just let man because I feel like the 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 heart of Leon the professional, it's just like it's it's almost something like if if we never saw the um if Leon never opened his door, it's a short movie. You know, <laughs> it'd be real short movie. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but he, I mean, his life would just be so different, right? Like, and he doesn't seem like to have much want outside of whatever the life that he's living, and he doesn't know he wants anything different until he decides to save this child, yeah. right? And so, I think even the comic itself would be really, really interesting. There's this one um, Moon Knight comic that I want to say uh, has no dialogue, the entire comic. And I think that at one point in time, this is what Marvel, I think they had their uh, whole initiative where they did this with a bunch of other comics. But I remember this Moon Knight one, um, and it was just very fascinating just to see the movement of everything. You're just looking at the art of all of these um, action scenes happen, and then you just... Like there's no dialogue boxes, there's no internal monologues, and there's no narrator. It's just action, and I really feel like uh, the character of Leon, the professional, would lend himself well to this story. Okay, imagine if someone re-edited this as a silent film, black and white, just frame mess with the frame rates, all that, because the the story is so clear. That I feel like you could just yeah. know that they're saying things. Um, yep. Yeah, you know he cares for the plant. You know, you know she needs him to open the door. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be an interesting experiment. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to get around the whole Gary Oldman thing, um, other than just play <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I love that. Mm. All right, now we're going to go to the final part of our show where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Leon the Professional? I recommend Leon the Professional if you just need the easiest cop, if you just need the easiest cosplay or Halloween <laughs> costume. Man, it's in the bag. Trench coat, hat, round glasses, plant. You done. Um, 
this movie is deceptively complicated. Yeah. Uh, it's like an hour and 49 minutes, I think, and it moves really fast. It's it's over before you realize it. Um, and I think the main thing that comes out of this movie is just realizing that Natalie Portman has always been amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was no ramp right. up. Um, uh, what's what's really amazing about this movie from a writing and directing standpoint, to Luke Besson's credit, is that every choice means something. There's really no wasted moments in this movie. Um, and these characters are incredibly human. Uh, I think that's what I was alluding to before, where a lot of times the crime action films, they feel like almost superheroes in the way that right, they deal right, with this. Yeah. Um, but he has to do the crunches in order to do those moves. We know why he can do the things that he does, how he can do the things he does. Um, and more than that, these characters get angry and things get on their nerves, uh, even the villains. So that's you know really grounded. Uh, it feels like this could happen, right? It's, it's a larger than life action film that could happen. Um, and so that's really attractive. Uh, like we've mentioned before, if you like Logan, you like Last of Us, this movie is very much in that style. So we can rec- recommend it based on that. Um, but it just carries a, a tense uh, atmosphere through the whole thing that is so cathartic uh, at the end um, when that you know the the tension is resolved which is really just to say it has excellent storytelling they show us what leon is and how he operates rather than telling us we see the problems in matilda's life rather than her having to tell us in fact she lies about what the problems are which is even more interesting uh, at a character level so this movie is a classic for a reason uh it's got so many layers to it it's got so much to to chew into both visually and story and character wise and i absolutely have to watch it again now knowing where it's headed uh it's very interesting that a sequel almost came out of this um because you definitely want one immediately but at the same time you don't you just want it to exist for this little snapshot of time so if you have not seen leon the professional I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, this is a movie in a different caliber of filmmaking. Caliber? Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, what in the world? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I remember when, when I was watching this movie, I remember thinking to myself, I, I love, like, this movie, I think, became one of my new favorite movies. And it's because of what they are able to do with uh, exactly what you said earlier, character choices. It's like if Leon decides to take in this child, like what does that mean for him? Um, And he like, you know, and this could have gone so many different directions. And like there's just they just they did the amazing thing. that you do with storytelling, which is you tell the story at the most interesting uh, point of the movie or even the story, not only of just like the um, chronological events, but for the characters, right? Uh, This reminded me also of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where it's just like, I feel like we are seeing like 
this guy who's like in the middle of his career. <laughs> Book three of right, five. Right, right. Yeah. It feels like he's like in the middle of his career. And I'm just like, I want to see everything before this. Like, old man, the old man like yeah. it would just be so interesting uh, to see more. But that, but that's what they do is they, they took these characters and they made them real and they gave them problems uh not not just plot points but problems and motivations like everyone's motivation made sense to me like leon mm. asking about money uh was like oh like and, and even that we're just getting a little bit more information about not only their dynamics but also who he is as a person like he's not even in it for the money he's just doing it because that's all he knows how to do oh and then there's this man I'm telling you, I almost cried at the note that uh, Matilda left for Leon because I'm just like, and he can read it <sighs> because he couldn't. <laughs> oh, I yeah. So all that to say, I recommend this movie um, as uh, if you like. Oh, goodness. I don't even know how to put it because I, I want to think of it like, uh, hey, if you like this and you'll like this. Uh, but I, I really do think that if you... it's like if Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi had adopted Queen Amidala. <laughs> oh, man. Like, can we do that? Can we please <laughs> make that happen? Let's do a Star Wars. What if? And it's just Leo. I guess more. More, more Princess Leia, I guess. I just went Amidala because of that. But it, it's, yeah, yeah, man. Can you imagine uh, if that's what Kenobi had been? <laughs> just flip them. So, that's the what if series yeah, I want to see. Let's do yeah. it. Uh, but, <laughs> Leia grew up on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Oh, I got uh, besides myself. Uh, but I would recommend Leon the Professional if you are looking for a deceptively heartwarming action movie it's an action thriller that will absolutely melt your heart uh it felt like it was the action equivalent of coming to america for me like coming to america it's a comedy you're like oh this is a it's a comedy i know what i'm getting in for this but then you have like one of the best romantic love stories i think i've seen uh out of because it's just like so sweet yeah. and you and you don't expect it to be as heartwarming as it is funny and the same is true yeah. for this well, i'd say it's a non-romantic like, love story right? thank you yeah. yes well, oh yeah yeah yes i do right. need to clarify that well because it's um uh, it is this uh this heartwarming um you know uh care mm -hmm. for someone else right like, for the first time leon oh now I'm going to change his thing. <laughs> for the first time, Leon is responsible for someone, mm. right? And he's responsible for someone who cares about him. Yeah. And he's never had to be in that situation oh, before. Dang. You know what? This uh, isn't Obi-Wan. This is the Mandalorian. <laughs> this, they already made it. The Mandalorian. So if you like the Mandalorian, I think you'll like. Leon I mean, the really, <laughs> that's that's as close a recommendation as we can make. Yeah, you can't wait for the next season. Go ahead and watch Leon the Professional. It's all blue milk. <laughs> all right, and that is our review of the 1994 movie Leon: Colon, The Professional.
Let us know what you remember about Leon the Professional on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks, and it would mean so much to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. On a scale of one to five glasses of milk, how would you rate this podcast? Five quarts is more than a gallon. More than a gallon. Yeah. Yeah. And anything less than five, I mean, like, and, and you don't have to have them all five in a day, like but, but I think Leon would. Uh, but, you know, five That's is good. Five, five's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. High in protein. Lots of nutrients. Yeah. Vitamin D. Hitman recommends milk. Um, and be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Ricky, we did it. We're here. It's February. And on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast, that means sequelary is upon us. We're going to keep it going forever. It's never going to die. You know, it's also never going to die. Ghosts. I mean, I guess they already did, but they exist in some form. We're reviewing Ghostbusters 2, the 1989 Ghostbusters 2. Don't know why I threw the year out there. There's no other different year Ghostbusters 2, but this one, this one made a lot of people mad and I'm willing to more than ever. We're going to find the gold, Ricky. Oh yeah. We're going to pan for it. We're going to pan for it because every movie is a miracle. That's right. We're going to keep the people moving like the Statue of Liberty. Mm. Is that an X-Men reference? (laughs) (laughs) I do not remember this movie. Yeah. All I remember from this movie is that uh, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which, if you think about it, like, someone who has to overcompensate and just say, like, I, I'm not, I'm going to make a whole song about how unafraid of ghosts I am. It's like, I'm pretty sure he's afraid of ghosts. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you, it's okay to be afraid of them. Yeah. And then you got to fight them. You got to bust them. Bust them. Bust some ghosts. Feel good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>